So Bishop Joseph Strickland, on the 22nd, late in the day, issued a letter to the faithful of his diocese, warning them about the Synod on Synodality. This letter will certainly not earn him any friends in Rome. That apostolic visitation that he underwent recently will, will, when combined with this, may cost him dearly because of the things he says in this letter. He has nothing very good to say about the Synod on Synodality. In fact, by now, by the time you're seeing it, if this hasn't caused a lot of the Catholic outlets who have been going after him that I reported on earlier this week and last week, if they aren't going after him by now, they will shortly. So I'm going to read to you this letter in full, and then I'm going to uh, talk about it a little bit at the end. The letter isn't terribly long. It's worth your time. And Bishop Strickland is doing us a great service by writing this letter. Dated August 22, 2023. Dear sons and daughters in Christ, may the Lord and grace, may the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you always. In this time of great turmoil in the church and in the world, I must speak to you from a father's heart in order to warn you of the evils that threaten us and to assure you of the joy and hope that we have always in our Lord Jesus Christ. The evil and false message that has invaded the church, Christ's bride, is that Jesus is only one among many, and that it is not necessary for his message to be shared with all humanity. This idea must be shunned and refuted at every turn. We must share the joyful good news that Jesus is our only Lord, and that he desires that all humanity, for all time, may embrace eternal life in him. Once we understand that Jesus Christ, God's divine Son, is the fullness of revelation and the fulfillment of the Father's plan of salvation for all humanity, for all time, and we embrace this with all our hearts, then we can address the other errors that plague our church and our world, which have been brought about by a departure from truth. In St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, he writes, I am amazed that you are so quickly forsaking the one who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Not that there is another, but there are some who are disturbing you and wish to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than the one that we preach to you, let that one be accursed. As we have said before, and now I say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than the one that you received, let that one be accursed. See St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. As your spiritual father, I feel it is important to reiterate the following basic truths that have always been understood by the church from time immemorial, and to emphasize that the church exists not to redefine matters of faith, but to safeguard the deposit of faith as it has been handed down to us from our Lord and himself, the apostles and the saints and martyrs. Again, hearkening back to St. Paul's warning to the Galatians, any attempts to twist the true gospel message must be categorically rejected as injurious to the bride of Christ and her individual members. And now as an aside, um, he says some things in here that I frankly can't put on this platform. So I'm going to have to unfortunately skip over those. I will give you some vague allusions to them. I will post this full letter, though, on my sources site at returntotradition.org so you can read it and share it widely, please, on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever they call it this week, and any other social media platform you happen to be on. Share it in your groups. Share it with your friends. So, on to this. Christ established one church, the Catholic Church, and therefore only the Catholic Church provides the fullness of Christ's truth and authentic path to his salvation for all of us. Two, the Eucharist and all the sacraments are divinely instituted, not developed by man. The Eucharist is truly Christ's body and blood, soul and divinity, and to receive him in communion unworthily 
i.e. in a state of grave, unrepentant sin, is a devastating sacrilege for the individual and for the church. See 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 to 29. 2. The sacrament of matrimony is instituted by God. Here, after that statement, he then describes the objective facts about the about the sacrament and how that uh, the including the natural limitations to it who can and cannot participate in it its purpose to the propagation of the species and that how humanity has no right or true ability to redefine it in bullet point four he goes on to say that every human person is created in the image and likeness of god the dual option the two options there are for that and only that and all people should be helped to discover their true identities as children of god and that we should not support ideologies that twist this to conform reality to our own twisted understanding of the world. And then he says, number five, activities of the flesh outside of marriage is always gravely sinful and cannot be condoned, blessed, or deemed permissible by any authority inside the church. Six, the belief that all men and women will be saved regardless of how they live their lives, a concept commonly referred to as universalism, is false and is dangerous, as it contradicts what Jesus tells us repeatedly in the gospel. Jesus says we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. He has given us the way through his grace to victory over sin and death through repentance and sacramental confession. It is essential that we embrace the joy and hope, as well as the freedom, that comes from repentance and humbly confessing our sins. Through repentance and sacramental confession, every battle with temptation and sin can be a small victory that leads us to embrace the great victory that Christ has won for us. Finally, in seven, in order to follow Jesus Christ, we must willingly choose to take up our cross instead of attempting to avoid the cross and suffering that our Lord offers to each of us individually in our daily lives. The mystery of redemptive suffering, meaning the suffering that our Lord allows us to experience and accept in this world and then offer to back to him in union with his suffering, humbles us, purifies us, and draws us deeper into the joy of a life lived in Christ. That is not to say that we must enjoy or seek out suffering, but if we are united to Christ as we experience our daily sufferings, we can find the hope and joy that exist amidst the suffering and persevere to the end in all our suffering. See 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. In the weeks and months ahead, many of these truths will be examined as part of the synod on synodality. We must hold fast to these truths and be wary of any attempt to present an alternative to the gospel of Jesus Christ, or to push for a faith that speaks of a dialogue and brotherhood while attempting to remove the fatherhood of God. When we seek to innovate upon what God and his great mercy has given us, we find ourselves upon treacherous ground. The surest footing we can find is to remain firmly upon the perennial teachings of the faith. Regrettably, it may be that some will label as schismatics those who disagree with the changes being proposed. Be assured, however, that no one who remains firmly upon the plumb of our Catholic life is a schismatic. We must remain unabashedly and truly Catholic, and regardless of what may be brought forth, we must be aware also that it is not leaving the church to stand firm against these proposed changes. As St. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Therefore, standing firm does not mean we are seeking to leave the church. Instead, those who would propose changes to that which cannot be changed seek to commandeer Christ's church, and they are indeed the true schismatics. I urge you, my sons and daughters in Christ, that now is the time to make sure you stand firmly upon the Catholic faith of the ages. We were all created to seek the way, the truth, and the life. In this modern age of confusion, the true path is the one that is illuminated by the light of Jesus Christ. For truth has a face, and indeed it is, is his face. Be assured that he will not abandon his bride. I remain your humble father and servant, 
Most Reverend Joseph E. Strickland, Bishop of Tyler. Do you see why that letter will not earn him any friends in the Roman Curia? He is essentially warning people that the synod on synodality is dangerous and could very well lead to true schism, and it could lead to unthinkable things happening in the church. And this is not news per se, because we have been saying this for months, not just me, but virtually anyone who is honest enough to take an honest reading of what's going on with the synod actually cares about the faith, thinks that the church has been right since its inception, and that understands that what was true yesterday and today cannot be changed, and that what is true remains true forever. Those who understand that will not accept what this, the nonsense, the synod on synodality, is peddling in the name of the Catholic faith. And that, with that understanding, we should thank Bishop Joseph Strickland for writing this letter to the laity. And I want to thank the person who sent this to me. It is greatly appreciated. They have sent me good things in the past before, and they are not somebody who is going to give us a bunch of fake things to put out there. So, I'm curious what you thought of this letter, though. So, let me know in the comments. What do you think will come of it? Do you think I'm right that this is probably going to cause him problems? Anything he says at this point that isn't just full-throated support of Francis Church is going to cause him problems? Or do you think that this is because a lot of the language he uses is mild, that he is going to be okay. I'm curious what you have to say, so put it in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. As to sharing this on social media, that helps too. And remember, pray for the church, and for Joseph Strickland, Bishop of Tyler, because the modernists seem to be coming for him. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.